taking command is a story of how God, through a few questing and engrailed master masons operating in America, gave the world the gift of spiritual freedom. morning, 9 a.m., Elizabeth, Ella, and Katie can be seen walking with the crowd to a Church of England in Boston, St. John's. Katie speaks to another parishioner, Ella, speaking now with Elizabeth. Elizabeth, you seem... Elizabeth's stance softens into a teenager. I am, Ella. Someone more than God, Ella says. I can't stop this feeling. I know. I'm feeling your love, too. Who? Who is it, Elizabeth? Elizabeth knows she can never say and turns to a whiff of melancholy. Who? Who is it, E? Ella says. She straightens. Oh, you know me, Elle. It's only my imagination. I know you're writing a new poem, Ella says. Oh, you must let me see it. Elizabeth knows Ella is off track now. Soon, Ella, soon. You always love my poems best. Katie arrives and Elizabeth straightens even more. It seems so delicious, Katie said. Which officer were you two speaking about? Ella says, God and poetry. Oh, is that all? Elizabeth says, Katie? Come on, Katie says. Let's get the best seats next to those officers over there. Don't be so obvious, Katie, Ella says. Ella rolls her eyes about Katie to Elizabeth. Cut to General Howe, Patterson, Cornwallis, Percy, Stedman, Gray, and Pigot in uniform riding at full speed to the church. Gray says, General, I didn't know you attend. In England, I attend regularly, Howe says. They laugh. Remind me how. Why? Lord Percy says. New ideas for our officer's lodge, Percy. Laughter is heard. Percy says, right. They reach the church and dismount. They are in time. We see them as they come in from the vantage point of the pulpit. Howe is in the middle, slowly taking off his gloves and surveying the room, as are the others. The others head toward the officers already there. The three girls are in front of them, and Elizabeth is the furthest away next to Ella. Howe notices the open seat behind her. The preacher has begun, and the officer's approach has created quite a stir. Elizabeth, looking at the preacher, hears someone excusing himself behind her and does not turn to see. And then she realizes who is there and brightens like a supernova. As her body softens with spiritual influence, her knees turn inward as she forms around God's inner spiraling motion, his divine proportion, fullness. Ella's attention is with Katie's to the other side where the officers are. The preacher drones on without light 
And then, like Hal's battlefield moment, the two of them are of the same soft light as all else fades and turns to impression. We see Elizabeth wanting to turn to him, and then she is utterly of fullness, as is Hal. She finds herself slowly running her fingers through her hair, and then she stops realizing what she is doing and the attendant feeling of sensuality. <laughs> Hal notices all and finds himself breathing in spirit with her. Ella whispers to Elizabeth, E, they are so handsome. There's the one called Patterson. Hal smiles from within his fullness. A woman next to him leans discreetly forward behind Ella. Shh! Ella attends to the sermon. Camera cut to Patterson, who is watching Hal, as some of the other officers feel his drift and are nudging each other, smiling and watching their commander in love. Cornwallis whispers to Patterson, his cornerstone. Patterson looks at Cornwallis and nods. The camera takes in the congregation. All is mildly blurred except the two of them, and we hear Elizabeth's slowly spoken thoughts. God, I feel that I do not transgress because this feeling is you in us, our mirroring selves. I know I begin to glow because both of you intone me. I feel our effect on the others and I care not, for all I want to do is lie in his arms. I mean yours, God. How confusing all this is. This must be a dream, but it feels real. Where do you end and he begins? This is your work, God. We are flowing in you, in your love. Oh God, how I love him. There's no difference in your word. Oh no, the sermon is almost over. Oh please, take over God and make this perfection. Your heaven lasts forever. How wears a smile of bliss, for he knows she is his. The church service ends, and the congregation start to rise and mingle. Katie and Ella walk toward the aisle, and Elizabeth slowly rises, but is very much under love's influence. Hal leans discreetly over to Elizabeth and whispers, It is Sunday. It is, Elizabeth says. She does not turn toward him as they move toward the aisle, and he leans in again to add, I feel I have confessed all, as have you. Elizabeth listens and smiles. How notices Elizabeth is of not wanting to join the others who are just ahead. He becomes her strength, for she is losing herself to the moment. It will be easy. Stay with me and speak only when you have to. Hal makes eye contact and nods slightly. Steady on. Elizabeth's heart drops and her cheeks burn. She grows a little faint. Ella has turned. E? Hal offers Elizabeth his arm to steady her. May I? Thank you. I, I do not know what has. Elizabeth leans on him a moment and he slowly bends toward her and whispers, I love you, Elizabeth. God is here. He is us together. Elizabeth mirrors her response 
and then realizes the inappropriateness of that couple with the feeling of him and then moves further on and says to Ella, I am fine, Ella, a touch of the sermon only. E whispers with serendipity, there is only God here. How hears that and no one else? Katie misconstrues. Oh, yes, E, I quite agree. I almost fell asleep if it were not for your men in the pews, General. You are not regulars, are you? Officers, Katie. Officers, Hal says. Katie turns red with her unintended pun. Ellen notices Elizabeth. Elizabeth, you seem overwrought. Was it the pastor's sermon? Oh, Ella, Katie says. Elizabeth feels Hal's weighted look and looks at him and her heart skips a beat. Patterson has arrived with the other officers. Cut to the reverend, noticing the distinguished guests and then rushing over. Cut back. Patterson says, yes, general, we too must attend more often and feel God's unifying spirit from within the reverend's moment. Hal looks intently at Patterson, and Patterson wonders what he has hit upon, as Patterson's wise face and play-filled presence expands with what the word moment might mean to Hal. Katie says, E, did you hear the way Patterson said that? But I did not feel a thing. Katie notices the approaching reverend and looks away with an oops smile. Elizabeth was out of it, but now she has energetically wandered back in as she remembers her moment and smiles. Ella smiles at Patterson. Katie, I felt the reverend, Ella said. Ella, perhaps it was not the reverend, Katie says, looking at Patterson and then at Ella. The reverend arrives. General, our parish is complimented by the attendance of yourself, your officers, and your friends. Thank you, Reverend, the general says, but it is I who should thank you for creating the atmosphere within your reverential moment for the veil to be lifted. Hal smiles to himself in play with Patterson. There is a brief silence as Hal's officers, except Patterson, study their commander with slight disbelief, and we see Elizabeth blush, Katie and Ella gaze with admiration, and the naive reverend, he glows with the unearned praise and is rendered speechless. Soon the reverend recovers, and with tears in his eyes, he grabs hold of the general's hand and shakes it profusely. Thank you, General Hal. I will remember this day for the rest of my life. God has reached a general. Hal takes in the reverend and knows that the reverend has no idea of what he speaks, for the spirit's verifying and mirroring feel is not in play between them. As will I, reverend. Hal then subtly looks over at Elizabeth with purity and see what I endure for you? Patterson smiles and adds, Reverend, how God uses us in a moment is often a mystery until later. Hal looks at Patterson with 
I know you were delightfully fishing after you used the word moment earlier and got an unlooked for response. And now you add to it by using it again. And yes, I too partake, but you know not. The reverend is happy, but then he looks unsure with something is in the air that I am not getting. And then he remembers how a person may be used as God's vessel and nods with wisdom as he finally sees into it and realizes in his aha moment. So this is what that meant. Scene 44, late fall garden party ongoing. How in offices are there socializing in groups? How is speaking to a woman who is very attracted to him as his glance drifts through the entry area every so often, searching for Elizabeth? She arrives with Katie and Ella, looking very beautiful with her blonde hair done up high. Their eyes catch, and Cal has forgotten. The woman he was speaking to says, well, and sashays off. Hal stands there mesmerized until Katie pulls Elizabeth away toward her favorite group of officers. Percy is there as well and waits for his chance to speak to Elizabeth. Elizabeth looks at Katie and then at Hal with, I'm sorry, what am I to do? Hal smiles and walks toward them. Camera cut to another time, a moment on a stairway. How and the officers are there talking after a midday play, and Elizabeth and friends are walking by with an older man. How sees her and turns, but she has a look on her face that says, I can't right now, as she passes by and How keeps gazing. The older man stops and says, General, I would like to discuss your proffered military position overseeing your rebel prisoners. Then come to headquarters, Loring, Hal says, at your earliest convenience. They both look down after Elizabeth. The older man says she is beautiful without equal. He leaves. Patterson moves in. Her husband has no idea, Patterson says, of her moral beauty, Hal asks. None. How could he, when he knows nothing of his soul? Patterson says, I pity his prisoners, for his second Cunningham knows not empathy. How agrees, and then shakes his head with foreboding regarding the efficacy of those men, but then he forgets as he looks further on at Elizabeth. Cut to Patterson, Howe, and Gray on horseback now, struggling with armfuls of flowers. Got to hand it to you, General, finding all these flowers this late in the season. How says the hard-to-get special invite tickets to our General Bragone's new play due out this December was the bargaining chip. Right, Patterson says, Bragone is a much better playwright than Field General. How nods and says, all the ladies with eligible daughters were only too happy to let my lieutenants wage a full-scale assault on their bountiful gardens. They ring Elizabeth's door, and a smiling servant carries as many as she can at a time indoors. Soon we see Elizabeth as she joyfully pushes open the casement windows above, and her radiance bursts down around them. With an immensity of gratitude, she says, Thank you, you should not have. 
an unreasoning feeling of joy that Howe tries to contain suddenly seizes his face and then Elizabeth's as well. He finds himself unusually tongue-tied to the amusement of his ever-aware friends. He says, Elizabeth, will we see you tonight at the Smith party? Of course, with Ella and Katie, Patterson. Ella would love to see you as well. Patterson, Hal says. I will be there, Patterson replies. Hal continues looking up at her and she at him until she blushes. General, Patterson asks. Yes, Patterson. The others have turned their horses to go, but he cannot pull himself away. Before he turns to follow them, he puts his horse through a brief set of consummate dressage paces. The graceful and rhythmic movement of horse and rider thoroughly captivates Elizabeth, who mirrors all that they feel with them. When he finally rides away, Patterson meets him with a laugh. William. Whatever does this mean? Where is your touted practical tenacity? On leave, Colonel. General, Patterson says. Camera cut. Now it is winter and snow is on the ground outside of a playhouse. Inside, General Burgoyne's play is ongoing, and officers and their guests are part of the audience enjoying the special event. On stage, an actor plays General Washington in full uniform, gardening in a field. Perfectly happy he is with the makeshift trees and flowers. An officer messenger arrives and tells him that General Howe is planning to attack Dorchester Heights. What are his orders? Washington looks befuddled. Let me ask Mrs. Washington. The officer says, she is not here, General. Oh, yes, Washington says. Then ask General Reed. Can't you see I'm busy? But General, the troops await your orders. Then the officer turns with a shrug and rides off on his hobby horse as Washington continues gardening. <laughs> the laughter is heard and it continues. Katie says, this is hilarious. Ella whispers to Elizabeth, is General Washington really like that? Maybe. Elizabeth says, sitting next to the general, she has not heard a word of the play, nor has how. Their knees touch, and that is felt by all in their midst, without particularly knowing the source, except two officers. As Cornwallis said, said the first one, his cornerstone, they nod with lucky guy. The next scene in the play shows Washington still gardening to the side of the stage as the actor playing General Howe attacks a makeshift hill with his men as the leaderless rebels scatter and then cannon fire is heard. Katie says, listen, cannon fire, Ella. Ella says, it sounds so real. How did they? Howe emerges with intuition from his love field next to Elizabeth. Everyone thinks the distant cannon fire sound is part of the play, including the officers who love it. Howe yells, cannon fire, cannon fire, turn out, turn out. There is a lull, and then everyone leaps up. All is in confusion as officer actors rush backstage to don their regimentals and become soldiers. The audience is on the move some back to headquarters and others to their troops.
The girls look to the general. Patterson and his staff are there. Howe turns to the girls. Not to worry. It will all be all right. Major Balfour, arrange an escort and see the ladies home. Yes, sir. The ladies put on their coats. Howe turns to his men. They will not try anything yet. General, Patterson says, Washington reached Martha, Howe says, and they chuckle. Send an advanced team to survey the ridge. I'm sure it is nothing more than their telling us we are still here. Howe presses Elizabeth's hand and meets her eyes. He nods and winks. Scene 45, spring morning, 9.30 a.m. Elizabeth can be seen chatting with friends Ellen and Katie while walking in a lovely park on a beautiful Saturday by the Charles River. The park has wide paths for horses. In the distance behind them, the camera pans over General Howe in an alcove sitting in a fine black coach with four perfectly matched white horses. We hear a distant whistle, and Howe tells the driver to drive onto the path. We follow his carriage as it speeds along, and then we see the ladies as they turn to look when they hear horses approaching. Hal steps out with athletic ease, and now with magnetic aristocratic flair and feel, he puts his hand to the peak of his cap and lifts it upward. The girls curtsy. Good morning, ladies. Good morning, general. To what do we owe this most unexpected honor, sir? Why, to your lovely presences, here I am with an empty coach, and I saw you out walking and thought, why not? It seems I have come on an inward notion to fetch all of you and stow you away. The girls giggle. Katie says, why not indeed? We have walked long enough. How pleasant to be offered a ride in your fine coach, General, and what lovely horses. What a pleasant idea, E. Ella says, E now flirts just a little. Yes, I am entirely yours on this adventure. Hal looks expectantly. May I help you up, ladies? He helps Katie and then Ella in and presses Elizabeth's hand with meaning that she feels as her breath catches. He hops in. Where shall our adventure take us? An adventure, oh please, to the east side of the river by the bridge where the swans glide so romantically. Is everyone in agreement? Yes, I am, General. E? He nods. Hal sticks his head out and motions to the driver to drive on. Camera pulled back. The coach is driven swiftly through the park and across the bridge. Now we see Ella and Katie joyously looking out the window and talking opposite each other, and how and E say everything and nothing as the feeling between them becomes love's utter fullness. The coach hits a rut and their legs come together, thrilling each with a caress. E tries to hide her quick breath, but he tells her he knows with his smile. The coach draws near the lake and Ella turns to have General, stop here, please. This is the place. Howe taps and the coachman stops. Katie opens her side door and jumps out. 
Hurry, she says, let's all go down to the river. They are the swans, they're coming. Everyone gets out and Ella and Katie rush down. The camera is behind E and Hal as we see the swans gliding slowly and then romantically merging together to form a perfect heart as Hal looks at E. Ella is seen running back up to them. Ella says, Elizabeth, General, isn't this place divine? Yes, says E. Ella, it's very like a lake in a park I grew up by, how, rejoins. And did your lake have swans, General? Katie has now joined them. How and E are in two places at once, so his reply is slow and somewhat distant. It did and does. The camera takes in two riders fast approaching, Colonel Patterson and Lord General Hugh Percy. At a distance, they slow their mounts and canter in. We hear Percy quietly say to Patterson, as Howe said. Patterson nods. Ah, we saw your coach, General, Percy says, headed down the Charles. The wonder is we thought only to find you. Instead, here you are engaged in such pleasant company. Patterson says, Providence requires great sacrifice from His Majesty's officers. House smiles and gives them a look to get on with it. We'd love to join you, Percy says, inquiringly. And Hal says, admiring the swans, Percy. Patterson trying not to laugh and then taking command of their mission. Ladies, may Lord Percy and I accompany you down to the water's edge to glimpse the glide of the swans? Percy catches Patterson's eye with right as the girls agree delightedly and each takes their proffered arms. How turns and looks at E intently. Ella says, I love the way you said that, Colonel Patterson. Patterson looks over at Percy with C. Katie says, what a wonderful coincidence, Lord Percy. Howe turns to Elizabeth in earnest. Elizabeth, I cannot go on like this. For eight months now, we meet at plays and parties, and we are never alone. We must be together. Don't you know I love you? E lightly nods, yes. Ella calls up. E, come and join us. We see how keeping Elizabeth's attention as Patterson turns to Ella. They will shortly, Ella. Do Percy and I bore you already? No, Ella says, I'm sorry. Ella, can't you see they're busy? Ella blushing, oh. What else must I say, Elizabeth? William, our true myth is now. All that we do and say in love comes from God and is of God. We cannot be more than this. Isn't this fullness enough? No. Yes and no. Elizabeth says, if we are together alone, who's to say whether we will still have this perfection? You cannot wish for only this. Please, Elizabeth, I have no peace. I must be with you. Elizabeth, my soul will never love another. We are one. Please let us stay like this, William. I must hope for more. 
Perhaps I try when I should not. Elizabeth's hands go to her hair and then she controls herself and slowly puts them down. What do you want from me? All I can say is neither of us is free to do more. Neither of us have known God's love in another till now. Elizabeth, my profession is arms. I lead men into battle when the cause is God's. I found God on the battlefield. He cleared away the veil so that I might know him and his intention in the fullness of his time, albeit not his design. And now I have found God in you. Our souls have merged. From the very beginning, I was drawn to you by feel and by fate, even before I saw you, Elizabeth. This was meant to be. Tears instantly appear in her fine eyes. This is God's doing, William. I cannot deny my, his soul. Hal takes charge now and partially becomes a general. Elizabeth, I want you to come away with me on my flagship, the Chatham. Elizabeth is alarmed and visibly overwhelmed, for it seemed to her that everything that had once been was suddenly different. Leave? You are leaving? Duty calls, Elizabeth. War must continue. I do not want to say no, but how can we? She rejoined with a sigh as her shoulders slump a little. No, pardon me, I cannot go, William. It is impossible. Leave it to me. I have already taken care of him. He knows nothing about love, only money. E briefly ponders and straightens. True. You are asking me to? When we have... When? Yes, I am. We have a week, maybe two. So short a time, he softens and smiles. Let, let me hope then. When the time draws near, I will send for you. Until then, we will live as we have. E is overcome once again by the notion of monumental change. Oh, William, it is impossible to love and never see you again. She holds back tears. My love, I wish I could enfold you in my arms and love you forever, but I cannot. You will not let me. Howe is frustrated and E is overcome by the weight of his words and she gives a little. He steadies her. Scene 45 continued. Camera cut to the river where Howe's officers are smiling with the effect that their commander has had on Elizabeth. General Howe tries one last time with full intention. Duty calls, Elizabeth. Are you with me? We see Elizabeth turn slowly and look toward the river as she takes in the divine essence beyond the slow sway of the sycamore trees. Her face reveals the depths of her soul as she feels God's mirroring fullness answering and her eyes soften with inwardness and then revelation as something brightens within her. She turns toward William with a new smile, one that is radiant, resolute, and calm. I am. I am yours. How seems not a general as he shows forth a stunned smile from all that just happened. The girls dash up to Elizabeth and she meets them fully renewed.
Katie says, E, let's race to the shore the way we once did as schoolgirls. Come on, General, we'll beat you. The girls dash off laughing, and Elizabeth smiles bewitchingly back at Howe, but he is so profoundly struck by all that he felt in her spiritual experience and the way it still continues in him, he can do nothing more than smile. But soon he breaks free with, why not? He races after them, and Patterson finds it very amusing, while Percy has perceived all in Elizabeth's moment. Spellbound, Percy nods in dreamy satisfaction and says under his breath, Ah, how she feels, such subtle shades of difference. Patterson, did she say no? Patterson says the next quietly, and then Percy asks with too much intent and somewhat betrays himself. He seemed transfixed, Patterson said. Patterson, did she say no? Patterson vaguely takes in Percy's meaning and is unsure. No, no, Percy, she's coming, she's coming. Patterson turns and nods to his approaching commander as Percy shakes off Elizabeth's spell and joins in all smiles with the realization of she's coming and what that might mean for him.